Welcome to another episode of Mental Conversations, a podcast focusing on positive mental health, overcoming the struggles of life. My name is Chris Sutton and somebody give me gin and tonic, I'm with Supersonic. <laughs> I've been practising that, what do you think? That was really good. Yeah, thanks. I've run out of things that, uh, sorry, Supersonic, this is Nicholas Stewart. <laughs> I've run out of things with like Nicky Nacky New and all that. Patty on and, uh, yeah, that. and... I even like went on to the Urban Dictionary to try and find some cool things. Well, that cool was a things. mistake. Yeah. You're not going to find anything cool just on there. Start... You're going to just find offensive things. Yeah. And... So I just started things with NIC. Didn't work. So Supersonic. Great. Welcome. I hate that. You know that I hate that. I know. I know. Um, <laughs> kind of why I did it. <laughs> so today we are going to be talking about resilience. Yes. It was your subject. You you decided. Um, we were sat somewhere in a presentation or something. Yes. And someone was talking about resilience, and you mm-hmm. went, "We gotta do that." Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. I did. So um, that's why we're doing it. So what is resilience? Well, actually, this time I have done a little bit of background thinking about this. Shut the door. On the bus this morning. Right, okay. So usually I come to this completely unprepared, but yeah. actually I had a good think about this this morning. Um, so, for me, I think resilience is, it sounds a bit cliche, but being able to get back up when you've been knocked down. Yeah. I've got that... Chumba Wumba in my head yeah, yeah, straight, so straight away. <laughs> <laughs> I get knocked out. Yeah, 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 that one. I was thinking we could have that as like a little theme tune today, but then we'd probably get done for copyright, so we can't. Yeah. Um, but is that what is that what that means for you? I've got it in one word. Go ahead. Bounce back ability. <laughs> I've heard you say that before. <laughs> it is you that said that. It's before, me that says it? that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I've I've stolen it from somewhere, but. Yeah, I, I think it is exactly that. It's that if you get, um, oh, I don't want to say get knocked down now. If you get knocked down, I get up. You again. get up again. Hang on, if you get knocked down and I get up again, that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't work. Oh, should we start again? <laughs> right. So, so I've got an example that can probably um, set the scene quite nicely, and it was a bit of a tearjerker, literally. But um, probably not going to make me cry. No. So I've just had my children for the weekend. Okay. And I'm driving them back um, to their mum's last night. And my four-year-old says to me, I don't like it when you have to go home, Daddy. And I'm like, ugh. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then she said, it's sad. And I was saying, oh, well, I'm going to see you on Tuesday. It'll be fine, da-da-da. And I was trying to be really positive about it. Um, but it hurt. It hurts, you know, like it makes, it's, it's sad. Um, she kind of helped me because the next thing she said, because she was actually crying, oh. and then only, only a little bit, but she, the next thing she said was, but I do like the taste of my tears. <laughs> 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 I was like, you are, a, you are awesome. She just, you know, she brings me around when I need it. But anyway, for, so the resilience thing was that when I did drop them off, and it is sad, and I got back in the car and, um, you know, drove off, and... It's that moment there that you could, that for me I can go in one or two different directions. You know, I could um, spiral downwards if you like mm. and be thinking, "Oh, they've gone. I'm not going to see them now for the rest of the evening. I'm not going to see them tomorrow, and it's going to be the day after." Um, you know, it's Monday morning now, recording this. So, um, 
And, you know, you could go the other way and whack on some banging house beats and think, whoop, whoop, no kids. But that's not really me. That's um, what I do. Yeah, is that what you do? Every time I'm going to <laughs> Yeah. But, whack but, on some banging house beats. Yes, that's me. Quote Chris Sutton. Yeah. <laughs> um, he said, never. <laughs> but, the, but anyway, the, the thing for me is the resilience, the serious bit of it is that the resilience that I have to... I have to draw upon resilience at that point mm. to actually remain positive, if you like, because I could go and ruminate about the fact that I've not got my kids, you know, at home, and I've like so. But instead, it's about kind of what did I do to overcome that? What did yeah. how did I kind of <clears throat> stay positive, have a good evening, and kind of get on with it? Mm-hmm. Which I which I did do. So you know, we might come back to that example at some point later in the podcast about. Um, what you can do to build resilience and um, what you can do to stay positive. Mm-hmm. Um, but have you, in your extensive preparation then, <laughs> tell me some of your thoughts. Some of my thoughts, okay. So that example that you've just given is a really good example, I think, of how resilience can be used as a tool um, and how you can almost practice being resilient and you know become more resilient. And it's good for circumstances yeah. such as that, particularly if you are somebody that struggles with the mental health already, um, to be able to become more resilient is great. But I think we have to be really careful not to get into the narrative of mental health is a result of not being resilient enough. Yeah. And that's where I think it gets a little bit dangerous for, for me. I think, um, as we know, the stigma around mental health is still a really massive issue. Um and I think part of that stigma is people who are of the thought that you're not depressed, you're just not tough enough, you need to stiffen up your upper lip, yeah. toughen up, man up, mate. Yeah. And we've got to be really careful not to mix those two things up. I've so never like I said, resilience is a great tool, but we can't it, resilience isn't a solution so to people, mental health problems and we've got So people who are resilient can still suffer with mental mm. health problems is what we're saying, isn't Absolutely, it? Absolutely, yeah. Because it's not like saying, yeah, if you're a resilient person, you are immune to yeah depression or, or, or anything else. And it's not saying, you know, you've got depression because you're not resilient enough. There's a, there's a problem with you when not not being tough enough. This is good. You should prepare more often. <laughs> <laughs> this, this was on the bus this morning. But Here's more thoughts. I, I like that. I like This is why I like talking to you, because you... Cause you, you you think of things that never enter my mind to be honest that's a really i think that's a really key point because i one of the things resilience can do though um is like i say it, it's a, it's like you say it is a tool yeah in terms of it can stop you go into that place mm-hmm. if you're on that spiral if you can you know so it actually can help you but yeah i think it's i think it's very important to state yeah and that, i think if you look at sort of the generation male suicide rates are so high is it in in the 40s men in the 40s around that age and if you look at how if you look at the time um in history when those men would have been history (laughs) the time in history when you were born back in history no this is like sorry that was a serious point that i was trying to make but when you were born granddad um yeah you know, with the lucky I'm so bloody resilient. Because <laughs> the, the hassle, the grief I have to take. Anyway, so 
Your parents, I'm sure, probably were living in a post-war era. <laughs> no, they would have been. Yes, yes. That's, don't yes, laugh. They, they would have been, yes, right? Okay, were. as were the parents of many other men and women your age. Yes. Okay, so during that time in history, when you was born, there was very much a toughen up. You know, we've just been through a war and, like, we're coming out the other side of it now. And there was a lot about, you know, being being tough, there was a lot of mental health after, mental health issues after the war, post-traumatic yeah, stress, and yeah. um, people that had lost their partners and everything. So, the attitude that existed then was that people had to be tougher. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I was around at that time. Yeah, no, <laughs> you weren't even a twinkle in your <laughs> granddad's eye. Yeah. But that was that was the attitude, and now you're seeing massive a massive spike in suicide suicide rates for men that are in the 40s that would have been born to parents who were very much of that attitude yeah. and i'm not saying blame the parents but i think society i'm not saying that at all please don't misinterpret misinterpret that what i'm saying is society at that time had those attitudes and now we're seeing we're seeing the effect of that i think that's really that's a very really interesting point and it is it i think actually it's reminded me that where this topic came from was I'm sure we saw something that said, you text me something or whatever that said resilience, are you born with it or can you build yeah, it? That's, yeah. And and it is so I know you I know you've just pointed to the fact that you're not you know, like blaming parents and no, childhood not at and all. things. But society yeah. and if that's the way if that's the way things happen. So for example, stupid example maybe, but um, at the minute there are loads of adverts on T V for for um, McDonalds um, around like trying to sell coffee for yeah. a flat white. Yeah. You can you can imagine, even if it's not in McDonald's, the sales of flat whites across oh, yeah, the country. Oh, yeah, I bought one after watching that. Oh, my yeah. God. There you go. There you go. Because, actually, when the, the, the kind of the, the killer punch, not a punchline, but like the last line when she says it's basically a latte but it's a bit stronger, yeah. does make you go, ooh, that sounds nice. Yeah. Yeah, right. So you think, but even if you didn't buy it in McDonald's, you know, other restaurants are available, <laughs> if it's a restaurant. Um, <laughs> you take someone there on a date, does that count? <laughs> anyway, um, you know, sales of flat whites go through the roof. Yeah. It goes back to what we, we've talked on previous podcasts about the power of social media mm-hmm. and like all of those things that go down the side of the screen when, you know, and people start wearing the same things, fashions come in and out and stuff. So the sim- similar kind of thing, the way you parent is very different now. The way people look after each other, the way people talk to each other, the language we use, everything's different. Mm-hmm. So you're absolutely right. If there is an, uh, you know, an era, uh, a bygone era, <laughs> <laughs> the time of yore, um, where, you know, when I was, when I was growing up and if, my parents and and parents of, of that kind of age group were brought up in an environment where, um, uh, you know, that was the culture was to you know stiff up a lip and and that's the, that was the way forward if you like. Then that's why you can understand that it's on a massive scale across yeah. the country why there'll be a spike in things. Um, so and we want our kids to be resilient. Don't get me wrong, we absolutely do. But I think that's got to be balanced with being able to talk about the feelings and actually it's okay to be upset as well yeah. and um you know one of the things i've got a little little boy and i'll never do that whole oh come on big boys don't cry and all the rest of it because actually big boys do cry and it's fine to cry so you've got to have that 
balance between being resilient but actually being able to talk about your feelings and using resilience as a tool to overcome rather than a barrier to... Yeah, I, I, get, I get that. You know, the first thing that came into my head, though, when you were saying that was if I tried to do that, and particularly if I had tried to do that as a, um, a child or a, a teenager or even a young adult, um, <laughs> which you are now, um, <laughs> like, I, I think I, I feel like I would have had to then practice resilience about the fact that I was being open like that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because it's not the done thing. Um, you know, for, for boys to talk openly about things yeah. like that. So you'd need to have that resilience. But I, I think it's, it's really interesting how a lot of our conversations come back to the same thing. So I'll only touch on this because I know we've talked about it before. But a lot of it comes down to perception and a lot of it comes down to understanding whether something is reality and truth or is just in your head. Mm -hmm. Because... So what happens is, you know, that example about dropping my kids off yesterday, I'm then on my own, in my own thoughts, yeah? So no one, can, no one is making me do or think or... It's entirely up to me. Now, it kind of... You know, so it's not reality that my four-year-old... She's not sat there at her mum's house crying. She's in bed. She's gone to sleep. She, you know, absolutely mm. adores her mum. Um... And would have, was excited to see her. It was just something she said in the car. But I could have grabbed hold of that one thing, taken it as my negative thing and let it devour me mm -hmm. for the rest of the evening and maybe even into today. You know, thinking, oh, God, you know, she's really upset. And But the having a look at, well, hang on, that's my perception of it is that that's, she might have been saying it to protect me. She might have just wanted to be telling me, I love you, Daddy, and I, you know, um, I want you to know that. And so you kind of, I think the, the thing about resilience is taking the bits that help you stay focused in a yeah. positive way, you know, so you kind of, so you can stay. And again, if someone, if someone, I don't know, like at school, if someone calls you a name, um, like my mum always used to say, you know, sticks and stones may break your bones, but names will never hurt you. Um, and that's always stayed in my head. But it hurts when someone says something, mm. particularly if you care about them or if you, you, know, you think their opinion's important. It hurts, doesn't it? So, but having the resilience to take a step back and go, okay, that's just, that, you know, maybe something's going on for them in their world. Yeah. Or, you know, it's, it, I don't have to attach myself to it. That's it, yeah. That, I think that's the key thing. I'm going to get all Buddhist on you now. No, but I think it is. It's about accepting that you that something's upset you and that's okay but oh, you can even overcome it yeah that's even better Ex yeah Ex accepting so say that again it's about accepting that something's hurt yeah and that's fine it's okay to have those feelings that doesn't mean that you're not resilient just because it's hurt yeah except yeah. that it's hurt you but use resilience to overcome it yeah okay so in terms of there you um, go, podcast done, we've solved it. <laughs> I, no, I'm just getting started. I, I, that's, you've opened up some doors there for me, because I've, I've done some prep, of course, um, and it's gone in a slightly different direction to, to where I thought we were going, and I'm, hey, I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, I've got So just a couple of examples of stuff that happens in people's lives. I'm just going to throw them out there, and then what I thought we could do is talk about... Um, what you can do about it mm -hmm. so that people can take some things away from this as always so I've got <laughs> my one year old 18 month old throwing his dinner on the floor for the 17th consecutive oh. meal 
um, that um, plastic bowl has bounce back ability. <laughs> um, deal, dealing with grief. Uh, last night, after the kids had gone, I was trying to tidy the house. My The lady who lives opposite me saw me hoovering in my um, bedroom or whatever and waved waved at me, but then stood just looking at me. And I was like, oh, this isn't good, because I, I knew her husband's not very well, and he's passed away. Mm. So I went downstairs and gave her a hug and um, chatted to her for a few minutes. And, you know, she was really desperate for someone to talk to mm. saying I feel really lost he's been ill for a long time I knew he was going to pass away but now I, can't, I struggle to go in the lounge because I can just see him lying there yeah. and uh, you know so her you know really hard things not getting a job being rejected by someone you care about and for some people just getting up in the morning you mm -hmm. know it's hard stuff to deal with so these are the kind of you know there's a massive spectrum of crap out there that people are dealing with but having resilience around any of those things is essentially the same formula, I mm -hmm. suggest. You know, if you. So, um, one of the things I like is people who are really successful always seem to say, I learn more from my failures than my yeah. successes. Um, so, I am learning a lot. Mm. <laughs> 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 um, I've got a master's in, in this. Um, so can you tell me, what do you think people can do about it? What, to become more resilient? Yeah. Oh, well, I'd have loads of money if I could tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I, I think a lot of it is mindset. Right. I do, I actually think a lot of it is mindset. And there, were, there was a couple of things that came into my head when I was planning about this. Um, can you look at things in a different way? So recognize, firstly, recognizing you're struggling. So if mm. something happens and you're struggling, recognizing that you're struggling, and like you said, and I hadn't thought of it like this, although I have heard it before, it, just accepting that actually that's okay. Yeah, and I think for me, that's one of the things that I've always done to help me cope with things that have happened. Not everyone can do this and they appreciate that, but what's really helped me is to just say actually, Again, I'm going down the cliche, but things do happen for a reason. And if, you know, somebody's passed away or if a relationship's broke down or if you haven't got a job and you're really struggling to deal with that, that mm. might not actually be helpful for you. Because yeah. you think, well, what reason? Why would that... That's so terrible. Why would that happen to me? But I'm a big believer in... I'm, I'm starting to go all hippie like you now. I'm a big believer in fate. Um, and that just knowing actually everything will turn out okay in the end mm -hmm. really helps me but I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to tell you how to get to the point where you think like that because I don't know how I got to that point and it's yeah. easier said than done isn't it it is and that and I think maybe we could talk about fate on another um on another podcast because I I could talk to you about that for for hours because it, it's really I really like waver one way to the other I don't like the idea that everything's set out, mm. but at the same time, um, I have it tattooed on my arm. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of, you know, like I, 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 I do. I, uh, fate's an interesting one for me. I think, but the thing that I um, that is an interesting way of looking at it, though. I'm I'm stuttering because I'm you've spun me out saying that. Sorry. Um, no, it's good. It's good. It, 
So if you're, but that does help you in terms of resilience. If you think that this yeah. is happening for a reason, then, um, and I think one of the things that um, people say, some of the most resilient people are people who have a faith, mm. people who are yeah. religious, you know, whatever that religion is, or at least uh, even if it's not a faith, they have some kind of meaning to their mm-hmm. life. Because then I think you can attach, you know, you will hear people saying, well, it's God's will. Mm. And if it, you know, if it's God's will, then this will happen. Um, if it's God's yeah. will, then, you know, whatever, I'll get the job. Or yeah. I didn't get the job, that's God's will. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's like a get-out-of-jail-free card, really. Yeah. But in some respects, that's, um, you know, someone who's not religious might look at it and go, bit of a cheat, isn't it? But if it helps and you actually believe it, you know, it that's is a belief, it, yeah. hey, that, you know, that's great. Um, speaking of religious-y type stuff, I'm sure this is a Buddhist type thing. Mm. Uh, I read it in a magazine while I was waiting to see a counsellor four or five years ago, but it's always stuck in my head. And apparently, I'm going to really mess this up as to the, the, the person or whoever it was, that it was I, it was Buddha or someone, some kind <laughs> of... Jesus, I'm really hashing this up. Anyway, um, asked some wise men to come up with um, a sentence that would be timeless that you could you could use it in any situation um and the sentence that these people came back with which i love these words is this too shall pass yeah and i have heard people say this too shall pass but i really like that mm-hmm. could be my next tattoo um <laughs> for people on the podcast listening to me you might be picturing this guy with sleeves and stuff like loads of no, tattoos he's, he's like an office nerd with a shirt and tie and glasses don't don't <laughs> dispel the myth but clearly works out. That's what you were thinking. <laughs> works out how to get my tile. Um, so, yeah, this too shall pass. You can use that in any situation. Yeah, yeah. And I have actually tried it. You know, so if, if something really difficult is happening, and if you're in a really, if someone's really shouting at you, or if your football team's losing, or if, you know, whatever, you know, fill in the blanks kind of thing, it is having that ability to take a step back and go, you know what, this is going to go mm-hmm. away because nothing is permanent kind of nothing is going to last yeah um so that i think that can really be helpful to actually say those words if you're in discomfort yeah. you know that it's like well this is going to go away this too shall pass um what do you think no i think i think you're right and i think that that kind of thing does really help for me i can see why for people like the example you give earlier of your neighbor who's grieving actually it's really it'd be really difficult in that circumstance to think that this too shall pass because I don't, I don't think grief ever goes away but it does get it does get easier or yeah. not not even that it gets easier but that you you learn to deal with it better you 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 know you find ways to either keep that person's memory alive or move move forward with I think it's, with what's happened yeah I, I I think with things like that with massive life-changing events like that I mean, maybe it's a a deliberate, you know, design of the human brain that you kind of, you, you know, I I loved my grandparents, but they've all they've all passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, obviously, it was a lot more difficult on a day to day basis to at the beginning of that mm-hmm. than now. And it's not that you love them any less; it's just that the kind of I don't know, as time goes on, something happens in your, you know, your, maybe it's just a focus thing mm-hmm. um, because they're not, and maybe like to be slightly less um, 
deep about it, maybe even like relationships. You know, you, you look back at someone you used to go out with or something and you can barely remember them mm -hmm. kind of thing. And, uh, and you think, wow, you know, how, how is that possible when they used to be such a big part yeah, of your world? Yeah. And now it's like, oh, I don't even think about them. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it, I think, and, and this too sure pass is that kind of, you know, is that embodies that really, isn't it? Um, yeah, there's another thing. You'll like this, because I've, I've written this down. <laughs> the helicopter. <laughs> the, it's a similar thing to this two shall pass, but yeah. the original Nicola, um, through work. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm just saying that to wind you up, you know I am. Yes, um, there you are. So I, I used to manage um, a team of graduates, one of which was Nicola, and one was a girl whose name started with Ellie. And <laughs> uh, shout out. Um, and we would have conversations about how, if you're getting um, nervous in any situations, how you can deal with it. Um, and it, anyway, you know, it goes hand in hand with the resilience thing. But what, what we designed was something called her helicopter. Um, brilliant play on words. I wanted something to do with oh, Chris. Oh, we were trying for a while, actually. Yeah, nothing, nothing works with Chris. Anyway, um, what was yours? Anyway, whatever. The point is, if you're, in any, if you're in any situation and you're really, really struggling, is to kind of try and have almost like an out-of-body experience where you lift yourself out of your body and look back at that person. So you're looking at yourself, essentially, and just say, actually, you're doing all right, you know? Mm. And you look around the room if you're in a meeting or something and you're struggling or whatever, and say, actually, no one else has noticed that you're feeling like this. Yeah. You know, you're all right. And for, the reason I bring it up is because that really helps her. And when I, I still meet up with her every now and then, and she'll still say to me, I'm still using my helicopter, you know, it, it, because it helps in certain situations in life. So that is, again, it's a part of resilience. It's using a tool. It's using a different kind of technique to, um, to kind of bring your resilience forward. Is that fair to say? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, these are, these are the kind of things um, that you can do. Um, what are the positives of building resilience, do you think? What are the positives? Well, you can just deal with things better. Yeah, I think, I think the ultimate thing is happiness. It's like it, it can... If you are resilient, you can build on your happiness. Mm. I know it's quite a big leap, but yeah. I think it can give you confidence. I think that... Um, it's one of those things where we always kind of say this around you have to identify something before you can improve it or change mm -hmm. it. Well, if you recognise, you know, even having a quick think, a five-minute think about am I a resilient person, I would think most people <clears throat> will be able to come up with some examples of, of when they have been. I think there's a difference as well. I'm going to just throw you again now. Between true resilience and... Well, f false resilience, I suppose. Um, so while somebody might appear very resilient on the outside because they are confident and um, because, you know, when they get knocked down, they deal with it great. If it's, whether it's something small like in the context of work and you're in a meeting and, you know, someone sort of puts their point that they've just made down and they deal with that really well, they come across as very resilient, but actually there's a difference, and I know this from personal experience, between being truly resilient and being resilient as a front. Um, now, I personally mm. used to be very, very resilient as a front and thought that I was resilient because 
Um, I just sort of on the outside. I'd just get over things and I'd be fine. Um, I wouldn't. When I was at school, they used, my friends used to call me the feelings demon. Because, the feelings demon. <laughs> because it was like, oh, Nick's, Nick doesn't have like feelings. She doesn't get like bothered by stuff. So on the front of that, yeah, I was really resilient. And he, I'd just brush stuff off and I'd be fine. And, you know, something really bad had happened and I wasn't bothered. It's fine. I'll just get over it. <clears throat> but actually... So that false resilience underneath, mm. I was either really struggling or not even actually struggling until a long time later when it all suddenly hits you. So you've got to be careful not to build up a false resilience by almost turning your emotions off because I know that I did that for years. Um, That's interesting. I mean, like you, again, you're putting forward there the power of um, the opposite of the feelings demon. You know, you're putting forward the power of actually have the sensation, feel yeah. it, go through it, yeah, recognise it, you know, because if you, but then let it go, yeah. you know? because if know. you don't deal with it, that's when the problems come down the line and it's like any any situation, you know, you, when you see people that bounce back really quickly and you think, God, they've got over that relationship breakdown or, or they're dealing with that um, grief really well or, or they didn't get that job, but they're not bothered. Actually, they might think that they're not bothered at the time and they might oh. think that they're handling it but down the line that'll come back and that'll hit you if you've not dealt you know with those feelings properly you know what's really quite frightening about that you what? know genuinely is that's i think i do that mm. and um, I, do. I i do i do actually think that that i tell myself no it's fine whatever yeah move on and perhaps don't address mm-hmm. things um and that, may, yeah. Yeah. So when I when I was young, when I was when I was twelve, I had really major surgery, um, and I was off school for a long time, um, and it really affected me in terms of confidence. Um, mm. my, because of this surgery, so my my level of mobility changed. Um, it it sort of, it really did knock me a little bit, and also just the trauma actually of what I went through yeah. and the stay in hospital and everything else, but. Everybody around me was like, oh, I can't believe how quickly you've recovered. You've done so well. Like, look at her. She's not even bothered. Before she went in for the operation, she wasn't even scared. Like, that's great. Like, everyone cheering well yeah, done. Yeah, um, You know, she was off her painkillers after three weeks. She left hospital after this long. She was up and downstairs, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, on the face of that, I was really resilient. And that bounce back ability came back from it straight away. But actually, a few years down the line... I started sort of dwelling on it quite a bit and I'd never really had a chance to deal with that sort of trauma that that caused me. Right. And I know that people have operations all the time and everything, and but it really did have quite an effect on me, but I didn't feel it straight away because everyone was saying, oh, you're fine, you've bounced back, well done. And yeah. actually, I'd, I'd not really. And it was so, but, down the line that that got me. And, you, and did you deal with it then? Um, yeah, probably not in the best way, but I did. I started dealing with it. Obviously, we're talking when I was a teenager here, so you've got, like, yeah. thrown into the mix of having to deal with, like, quite a... I don't want to sound dramatic, but quite a life-changing operation. Yeah. Um, you know, I had to give up. I used to dance when I was younger, and I had to give up dance. Um, it really... We've talked before about my anxiety, and I would have to sit at the back of a room, and yeah. I'd, I had to be able to see people. A lot of that was to do with the physical change that that surgery had caused I didn't like people to be behind me to be able to see that yeah um so then yeah it was 
That's really traumatic stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think, yeah, I, I do think that front is, is, a, is something that a lot of people put on. Um, and I think w w what that's kind of provoked in me when, while you were saying that is, you know, and I'm a, I'm a softie, I'll admit mm. it, but like, um, you, can, you can challenge that if you like. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's a double R bastard. Um, <laughs> but like, when, one of the things that I get upset about is when I hear people like you talking like that, uh, obviously, you don't like physical contact, so I would never oh, hug you. Um, we'll, we'll fist bump, you know. But like, <sighs> but even that, with not hugging people, that comes back to that false front of resilience. I don't need a hug; I'm fine. Yeah, I mean, so there is, and it, so it is a false, it is a false thing. But I think when you see, when you get to know someone, when you know, when you're, when you know somebody, it's really upsetting. It can be really upsetting when you think someone, you think X, Y, Z, positive thing, positive thing, positive thing. And then you hear someone say things, you know, that are vulnerable and they've been through and that they struggled. And you just think that's not fair, you know. And I, I sometimes think, and it's one of the things that helps me through, if I'm honest, is that because of the work I do with mental health, because of the mm. friendships I've built with people, um, I have, I, it started making me think, okay, these people think this about me. And that actually really helps me. Mm. So although I have like an intrinsic need to be liked, and that doesn't help because <laughs> it could just be that I'm being false with people to make them like me. It, um, you know, I do actually sometimes think, yeah, well, that person think they these people that I respect think this about me. Mm -hmm. So actually, there must be an element of truth in that. You saying that, I was just like, wow, you know, you should see, you should see. In, I mean, it'd be terrifying, but in my brain for a couple of minutes, Oof. what I think about you. And how strong a person you are, and how much respect I have for you, and how you know how impressive what you how you juggle your life, and like how you look after your family, like extended family, and mm. you know you don't but you don't take. I know you were a young younger person when you had the operation, but you sometimes don't see the things in yourself. And I think that in terms of building resilience, sometimes it's worth actually listening to people that you love and you trust because you love and you trust them because um, sometimes that's reciprocated and you mm. and you know they think those things about you and then you think actually maybe I'm not such a bad person and this is just a situation whatever it is xyz I'm going to be fine I can deal with this this too shall pass you know mm -hmm. so um yeah that was thank you for sharing that that was really powerful stuff um, that's right you know I hate it when yeah I'm, I'm made out to look vulnerable yeah I know I know and that, that in itself is you know speaks volumes of like how you're able to actually talk about it so um we need to wrap this up looking at the time um thank you so much for coming and talking to me thank again. you um thank you out there for listening please follow me on twitter at mental comms that's capital m-e-n-t-a-l-c-o-n-v-s uh, and another episode of Mental Conversations will be winging its way to you very soon. Thanks, Nick. Thank you.